Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. When the COVID-19 pandemic first struck the U.S. in the spring, nursing and long-term care facilities in cities like New York were breeding grounds for the virus. With a new nationwide spike, nursing homes are once again making news for the wrong reasons. The fear in these facilities is leading to desperate action. On Monday, around 700 nursing home workers walked off the job at Infinity Healthcare Management facilities across the Chicago area. They say they will not return until the company offers higher wages and safer working conditions. Nursing home owners and staff, they're also feeling the strain. There's so much heartbreak among my staff. I, I hurt for every resident that we lost, and I hurt for all their families. Some of them were the most cheerful, delightful people that I have ever known, and I miss them. That was Laura Zung. Her family owns a number of nursing homes in the Chicago area. WBEZ's Chip Mitchell just dropped a new analysis of state and federal data on nursing homes. And he found that COVID-19 spread throughout the industry has been wildly uneven and tragic in Illinois. But who's to blame? Well, the nursing home industry itself has generally blamed their high numbers of COVID infections and deaths on two things. First, what they talk about is a sluggish response by government about conflicting and inconsistent guidance from the state for fighting the virus about not getting enough help with COVID testing materials, Mm -hmm. uh, personal protective gear, and so on. Um, Second thing they talk about is how hard it is to contain COVID in a nursing home when the virus is prevalent in surrounding communities. Now, that second point is really true. But Justin, we found that for-profit nursing homes did especially poor in the 20 Illinois counties with the highest COVID prevalence. Here's the one statistic, Justin. In the 20 counties with the highest COVID prevalence, for-profit facilities have nearly twice as many deaths per bed Mm. as non-profit nursing homes. Uh, It's a startling number, and there's a lot of things that swirl in your head when you hear that. But why have for-profit nursing homes been less likely to protect their residents from COVID? Well, the big factor we identified when we looked at uh, state and federal data is staffing coverage. We found that for-profit nursing homes in Illinois have lower federal ratings for their staffing to resident ratios. And we found that nursing homes with lower staffing have more COVID infections and deaths per bed. Now, one thing that we were looking for, we thought that we were going to see a big difference in the death rates, especially in larger facilities, facilities with more occupied beds. Um, That did not pan out in the data. We did not see that. We saw facilities that were very small, like less than 50 residents doing much better against COVID. But the average nursing home in Illinois, Justin, is is about 110 residents. Mm. So as soon as you start moving up from that very low level, it flattens out. And I think that's because some of the larger facilities have some advantages, um, economies of scale, when it comes to things like acquiring PPE and um, moving staff around. All right. So nonprofit facilities, they've put up a stronger fight, if you will, against COVID. But you've also found a catch with that as well. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, about one in every five nursing home beds in the state is a nonprofit facility. Um, but these nonprofits, Justin, they routinely reject applicants who will depend on Medicaid. That's the government program that pays for long-term care for people who can't afford it on their own. And that's most of us. These nonprofits, they reject Medicaid recipients because they get more money per resident from private pay. That means either individuals who have insurance or a lot of savings, or from Medicare. Now, Medicare is a separate government program that covers only short stays in nursing homes, but the rate is much higher than Medicaid. So the nonprofits per resident are taking in more money, and that enables them to provide a higher quality of care. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's not complicated. So, for example, we found the nonprofits provide much better staffing coverage than the for-profits. But, Justin, these nonprofits, because they reject Medicaid recipients, they've also become more and more exclusive over the years. They're really not an option at this point for anyone but wealthy people. Um, what this also means is that the residents of nonprofits might be a little healthier, too, on average. So they might have fewer what we call comorbidities. That's mm -hmm. the stuff like mm -hmm. diabetes and uh, heart trouble that makes residents more vulnerable to COVID. Yeah, that's a big part of it. I mean, I, I would not have thought of it that way just because, obviously, when you hear nonprofit, you think that you know it's more about accepting maybe more poor people. But when you think about the fact that, that it's really just an option for wealthy people, it's stunning. Um, for years, though, Chip. The nursing home industry has talked about how strapped their facilities are. I mean, this has been something way before COVID, and yeah. they're hanging on by a thread. So how true is that? How true is it that a lot of why COVID is exacerbated when you talk about deaths in nursing homes has to do with the fact that they've been so resource-strapped? Well, in their mandatory filings with state regulators, these facilities typically report net losses or that they're just barely squeaking by. But Justin, the businesses are structured, actually, to hide profits. So we heard from Laura Zung. We heard her voice mm -hmm. at the beginning of this segment. Her family owns a chain of four nursing homes. The biggest one is called Fairmont Care. It's reported a net loss in 14 of the last 15 years. Oh, to oh. the state, it's reported that. But that facility, at the same time, pays $1.3 million a year in rent to another company owned by the Zung family. And last year, Fairmont Care paid a half million in management fees to a different company controlled by the family. So this goes on and on and on with nursing homes. They say they're structured this way to protect their assets from people bringing lawsuits. And they talk a lot about Illinois' litigation climate being too favorable to tort lawyers. Um, so there's probably some truth in that. But what's disturbing is that this setup for the business behind nursing homes, it hides how much profit they're making. So it's hard for lawmakers and policymakers to determine how much taxpayer help these facilities really need. So, for example, it's very hard to set Medicaid reimbursement rates. It's hard to know how much in grants these facilities actually need to deal with the COVID crisis. Yeah. That's perplexing, especially right now, because if that's the way that they're doing their books uh, before COVID, you know, it's obviously extremely difficult to change the way you do your books uh, come COVID. But it has a lasting impact because we need to know as taxpayers, as anyone who's running municipalities, what they actually need to make sure that they're not getting less or more than others. Yeah. And it's important to keep in mind that the for-profit facilities are running mainly on taxpayer dollars because they're running mainly on Medicaid reimbursement. Right. That comes from the state and federal government. Wow. Last year, the industry convinced Illinois lawmakers to increase Medicaid rates. Right? So after the pandemic arrived, nursing homes got another funding infusion from the federal government. That's twice now. As COVID numbers surge again, uh, the industry is pushing for more boosts in taxpayer support. What are advocates for residents and for employees saying? 
Well, they're saying a couple things. One thing is that the state should focus on financial accountability on the part of nursing homes before doling out more money to deal with COVID or before increasing Medicaid rates ever again. Um, some advocates are also talking about shifting money away from these big nursing homes and instead increasing public funds for home and community-based care. There's already a state program for that, but it comes nowhere near to meet the demand for that sort of funding, you know, enabling people to, instead of going into a facility, of, you know, with a couple hundred other people, a lot of people don't need intense nursing care around the clock, allowing them instead to have one visit a day by a CNA, mm -hmm. um, maybe, you know, visits less frequently by other providers with more medical training. A few advocates are even talking, Justin, at this point about eliminating the profit motive from long-term care altogether. Yeah, right. Now. The idea is hospitals are mostly run as nonprofits, so why not nursing homes too? Yeah, it seems like an antiquated approach to it because you're absolutely right. Hospitals are nonprofit. They take away, although a lot of the same arguments that are made against uh, nursing homes are made against hospitals in terms of trying to figure out how they're making money or losing money is a difficult thing when you're talking about anyone in the healthcare systems. It is. Yeah. It is. A lot of hands, a lot of hands are involved. Well, this crisis is far from over. So as the winter approaches and the virus is spreading again, what are we seeing? I mean, obviously we're seeing infections go up and deaths in nursing homes, but is there any thought about looking at how things played out in the spring and applying it to how we are uh, dealing with it now in the upcoming winter? Well, I would expect as this goes on, a lot of people, some people, I would say not a lot of people in the in the community want to blame nursing homes for uh, COVID and say that, oh, it's like a cauldron and they're stirring it up and then dispensing it to the rest of the population. I think it's the opposite, actually. And I would one thing I'll be watching for heading forward is to see this surge that we're in right now. The death numbers and the COVID case numbers across Illinois are shooting up, too. But I, I would expect, actually, their numbers will continue to climb after things start leveling off in the community at large. I mean, already, Justin, we've already, uh, the state reported on Friday, 289 nursing home deaths over mm. the previous week. Um, that's the most since June. So I'm going to be watching carefully to see if that number keeps shooting up, even if things start to level off. You know, it's interesting, Chip, because the issue with nursing homes always was around, you know, neglect. And there's always about whether or not uh, you're getting the best care possible for your loved ones. And the question I have is when COVID-19 is here and, and all hands on deck to make sure that COVID-19 doesn't get into a nursing home or to uh, make sure that the residents are safe, are they paying attention to people who aren't affected with COVID-19 and making sure that their needs are met in that elderly population? Well, it's it's pretty much damn near impossible to keep COVID entirely out of a facility at this point. Um, most facilities have had a, a, at least one or a handful of cases. The crucial thing is, can you stop the spread once it's in your building? You have to assume that COVID is going to enter your building. Mm -hmm. What can you do to stop the spread? Um, limit the number of cases and, of course, then ultimately limit the number of deaths from those cases. So one thing is that it doesn't help at all that the people who work in nursing homes, um, particularly the CNAs, which are the rank and file nurses who provide most of the care, they're paid very poorly. They threatened a strike last year. Um, they're going to get a big raise coming up this mm -hmm. May. That's going to only bring them to $16 an hour. I think that's about what like uh, grocery checkout workers make. That is way off. That's way off. So what happens a lot is that these CNAs, these certified nursing assistants, end up taking jobs 
in more than one nursing home. Mm. So they're actually become vectors for the virus. So there are some structural problems with nursing homes that have to be addressed. And one of them is the pay of the staff. Now, staffing levels is another. The more staff you have on board, the time you're going to have, the more effective you're going to be at separating COVID positive patients from those that have not yet tested positive, isolating the ones who've been in contact, who've had a roommate, for example, Mm -hmm. uh, who has tested positive, quickly being able to isolate them. So that takes staffing, uh, Justin, mainly. And, and then the last question I have for you is just transparency. I mean, the, I would assume that the nursing homes in some form have to make sure they let everybody know that, that a patient is COVID-19 to other families, things like that. Or do they? I mean, can they, can they isolate on their own and, and be less transparent uh, if that suits them? Well, what I can tell you is that the communication coming from nursing homes has been uh, a very widespread sore point with relatives of the people who live in these nursing homes. And the industry will admit this, that their communication during the uh, first big wave over the spring was very lacking. Um, it goes beyond, though, are, you know, are they sending out emails and answering the phone when, when relatives call, which those are big problems. You know, there were months over the spring when regulators were not getting inside these nursing homes. The Illinois Department of Public Health was not sending its surveyors in response to complaints. Mm -hmm. So you could say that's the most important communication that has to happen, which is eyes of the state when there are problems in a nursing home to make sure that the problems get fixed. Now, they say they have fixed that. We'll see. We'll see. Great reporting. Chip Mitchell, criminal justice reporter for WBEZ. You can find the new investigative report on nursing homes at WBEZ.org. Chip, thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, Justin. Well, that's it for Reset. Stay with this podcast to hear more good stuff. I'm Justin Kaufman. Come back tomorrow. Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts.